my name is Shane. I'm from Chicago originally, via a lot of other places. Depends on the context, I guess. When you feel someone is just asking you in a normal way, what's the normal, like formal, the formal or casual? The casual, the casual introduction, intro, small talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my name is Shane Callahan. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I moved out here about two years ago, and everything's going pretty swell. Do you change the introduction based on who it is? Like, if you connect with the person and you feel like they actually want to know who you are, then what do you say? I would, if they actually want to know, I mean, I think then it becomes more of like, not necessarily an introduction as a conversation. You can tell right away if like, you need to divulge more information or you can tell that we'll just keep it a high level. I'm Shane Callahan from Oakland. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm here with Shane Callahan from Oakland. Is this where you'd like to be in your life and is this what you'd like to be doing? How'd you get here and where do you hope to go in the future? Most importantly, how are things right now and what have you learned along the way? This is Bill Ehrlich. Is now a good time? So when you said that you are originally from Chicago via a lot of other places, what are the places? <laughs> so I've spent, I spent some time in, in Asia and then I spent some time in South America and now I've moved to California. And I've moved two separate times since I've been to California, and each place is completely different than the other. Had you done any traveling when you were growing up? Domestically, yeah, quite a bit, like family road trips kind of thing. Internationally, my only real experience, I have a kind of a great experience and then a not so great experience. And I think all of these kind of combined is what launched me after I graduated college to go to all these other places. So the first was when I was in high school, I was lucky enough. I got to go to like a service trip to Guatemala for a couple of weeks. And that was kind of really great just to see another culture. It was super religious. So, but for me, I just kind of was interested in going and seeing something that was new to me. Did you go with the church that you went to? Through my high school. So I went to a Jesuit high school in, in the city of Chicago. It was great because the people who were leading it were, it, it was more about kind of the experience and seeing something through someone else's eyes. What did your parents do for a living while you were growing up? So my dad is kind of like a he's product designer and engineer, I guess. He was working with 3D printers before it was cool. <laughs> uh, so he's been doing that a long time, like CAD design. And then my mother was a commercial realist in commercial in commercial real estate in Chicago. So kind of two different things, like almost reverse uh, parental roles growing up. So your mom had the, she, the job. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then my dad would, especially growing up, my dad would be he would go work at night. Yeah, just growing up, it was kind of almost reverse, but not in a bad way. I mean. You don't really realize that until later, what's going on. When you wanted, as you got older, mm -hmm. career advice, did you talk more with your mom or your dad? Neither. Yeah, I think it was like, 
you know, my mom had a very financial business oriented career and I knew I didn't want that. And I know my dad, I never really understood what he did. I know like kind of just exactly what I explained, but I uh, knew I didn't want that either, whatever it was. <laughs> how, how did you know? I don't know. I think I just saw like what they were doing and they weren't in love with their jobs. I mean, at some points they were right, but I think I knew I didn't want whatever it was that they were doing, but slowly, slowly finding myself getting closer and closer to that. Who do you see more of yourself in? Oh, I don't know. I would say like parts of both. Did you have any other uh, aunts or uncles or mentors Mm. while you were growing up? Yeah, probably my godfather when my dad's brother, he was about like 10 years younger than my dad. I was playing guitar and my my godfather also played guitar and like I used to always go over there after uh, high school um, and we would play guitar and we record Rolling Stones and Grateful Dead songs together. But he, him and his wife were just like younger and like I just felt like maybe I could talk more to them as like peers a little more open than you can be with your your parents what was your favorite song to play brown-eyed girl by grateful dead do you have any early memories of doing an activity or finding yourself totally engrossed in in a, in a pursuit whether it be figuring out a problem or a certain activity uh i think i found myself having a lot of short-term short spurt interests whether it was basketball or skateboarding or anything Uh, i think it was until like i started yeah really playing guitar where that was like the most consistent thing that i ever did that lasted more than like six months of a full-on sprint interest are you still interested in it now so i still play guitar but i mean i actually am almost jealous of how much i was playing back in high school i would play all the time and I think it just kind of fizzled a little bit. Have you ever performed? I performed at my eighth grade graduation with uh, two of my best friends. And we played a bunch of Weezer, Leonard Skinner, and yeah, Grateful Dead in my backyard. <laughs> that sounds like a cool concert. It was. There's a video floating around somewhere. I've been looking for it for years. It's on like my uncle's camera in his basement, which is full of shit that he just doesn't want to go dig through. But it's in there somewhere. So one day it'll resurface. Oh, yeah. Normally, the experience is you look back at your eighth grade self and say, I was the least cool person on earth. But in this case, you were awesome. Yeah, I kind of like my eighth grade self. Yeah, I still like my eighth grade self. I feel like that's a huge accomplishment. I like it, too. I had some cool friends. What was your scene in high school? Um, High school... So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, but I actually went to high school like basically downtown. So it was just really amazing for me to get out of like kind of that suburb bubble. And I didn't even know I wanted to get out of the bubble, but I just knew that I was really different from everyone else that I was growing up with. Like I was playing Weezer in the backyard with my friends where everyone else was like gossiping about girls and like, playing football at the park and I was not interested about like any of those things. What what Weezer songs do you remember? Saying so.
and Sweater Song. Whoa. Yeah. You blue were... album. We had the blue album down packed. Did you know when you were playing with Sweater Song at your eighth grade graduation that you were eventually going to end up in California? I would have. I like to. I like to pretend that California was a place that I would like to, wanted to visit. And I got to go there in high school. I just lived up, came here, San Francisco, right over in Piedmont, actually. Stayed there. Family trip? Family trip. We had family friends who live in Piedmont, and now I live down the, the road from that. And ironically enough, we were hanging out at Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, which was a block away from where I lived on that, all on this one trip. Would you ever have... No, it's crazy. I mean, I used to, I literally, our apartment in Santa Cruz was one block away from this beach. And I remember thinking it was so cool when I was a kid. And it's kind of what always kind of grounding or like really surreal just to be like walking and you could have the shittiest day. But then, you know, you remember your whatever, 12, 12 year, 13 year old self. Like I was here. Now I live here. Kind of mind blowing. Do you feel, do you feel accomplished? I think I'm proud of who I am and whatever I'm doing. I don't know in a lot of people's eyes, but it's kind of always, it's worked out. I mean, I made the decision to move from Santa Cruz to Oakland in three days. (laughs) And that was job, apartment, giving all that up, Santa Cruz to, to come here. What was the biggest deciding factor um it was probably both allison and i i think that is where it gets interesting it's just coordinating lives (laughs) when did you meet allison i met allison working in a bar in college a little smelly bar in champaign illinois called cams were you the bartender i was a bartender yes did you serve her a drink she was also a bartender Oh. Yes. The plot thickens. Yeah. So we, we met at this bar. Yeah. At, uh, at a, we were, the bar was catering an event, and we were both bartending at it. And did you immediately think? No, it was college, I think. You don't <laughs> like. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just finding more and more about her later was the most interesting thing because I think you kind of, I had these blockades in college that, you know, nobody, again, almost going back to grade school, like I didn't have a lot of similar interests with every, a lot of people that I went to school with was in a fraternity. Like you do a lot of, you live like having your animal house kind of college experience. Right. But I remember Allison, we were, there was like a big party at our, at the, at our fraternity house and we, us and a couple of people were hanging out in our room and I had a radio head poster and she was the only person within two years that I ever, any girl who was like, oh, you like Radiohead or something. I, I remember being like, what? And it was just so, I don't know, it was just a moment that stuck out of my head.
Where did where did you go to school? Where were you guys going to school together? So we were going to school at the University of Illinois in Champaign. And where is Allison from? Allison is from Glen Ellen, which is about an hour west of Chicago. What were you studying in school? I was studying communications. Communications. Communicating. Tell me more. I don't know. I don't think there's much to tell. I mean, I just think um, I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't want. How do you know if you don't know what you want to do? Are you going to I had the I didn't want to I knew I had to be out in four years because I didn't want to get a ton of loans. That was a major that was broad enough to let me take some classes. And that was it. It provided a balance. Exactly. Did you did you come out with some loans? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But not soul crushing. But not soul crushing. I mean, that was the only reason I went to Illinois was because I didn't have a ton to take out, but I would have had to take out almost three or four times as much if I wanted to go. I mean, I wanted to go to school in New York, but why New York? I just had a draw. I think, you know, I think going to my the school that I went to in high school, everyone uh everyone to Ivy League schools or Georgetown or like, I don't know, this East Coast thing just kind of had a a draw for me. And I wanted to go to Fordham in, in New York City. It just seemed like a cool place. And I don't know, I wanted to leave. I wanted to get out of Illinois in Chicago. And then I ended up going to like the thing that I didn't, the, the last thing I wanted in the entire world was to go to Illinois. But it turned out to some great things came from it. After you came out of school, yeah, communications. Communications. Did, was there any clues as to what you might be interested or not interested? So I got. What was that? I got really lucky. Um, so when I was in Illinois, I was interning at a record label based out of Champaign, called Polyvinyl, and I don't know. It was like the coolest thing that Champaign had to offer, and this label was amazing. There's some really good music on that that label and I got to intern there and I just did distribution I would go there like three days a week and ship out cds and t-shirts and when I was a junior coming junior summer I applied for an internship at XRT which is a radio station in Chicago and this internship that I had done at polyvinyl kind of got my foot in the door so it has nothing to do with communications again music kind of just led the way more or less um, and then I got this internship at XRT and it was amazing. I got to meet some great friends who are doing cool things, were interns with me at that time and got to go to some great shows. I got to meet Terry Hemmer, Lynn Bramer, some Chicago radio legends. So I did that. And then I, um, just an internship unpaid. So I was working like at a title company on the side to make some cash. What is a title company? Like when you uh, buy a house. Okay. Right. So like your, your home or business or building, you know, you have to go through, you have to get the document, the deed, the mortgage, everything has to go through the county. So basically I was a clerk running to and from the Cook County office, basically. So I did that. And then after college, I remember it was like coming down to the wire. I had gone to the career fair, was like interviewing at companies, but like, you know, what the hell do you, what are you going to do after college? I knew I wanted something short term. I wanted to make some money and then I wanted to leave. Because all the companies I were interviewing for were not of a particular interest to me. 
I'm sure you told him that too. I want something short term. I think <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> think that it just came off like in these interviews. I think it's inevitable, right? Like, so then it was like coming down to the wire. And then I had actually gotten a call from my old boss at XRT and they were hiring. It was still part time, but it was paid like the person who runs the internship program at XRT. So I went down and I interviewed for that, but it was coming down to the wire, like didn't really have a job, didn't know what I was going to do. And then like two days before graduation, I got that job at XRT. So I at least knew what I was going to do for the summer. And so I did that for the summer. It was great. I got to work with, again, same amazing people, got to go to some great shows in Chicago. And then it was coming down to the wire. The part-time job was ending in September. I didn't know whether it was going to get extended. It was, and then, I don't know. I think I had taken a little bit of Chinese in college and for some reason started applying for jobs teaching English in China. And uh, one came through and I was like, well, it's, I should go. It's six months. I don't, I don't know what I want to do, but I know I don't want to be in Chicago, but it was tough because I had to give up this really amazing job. Like in some aspects, this was kind of like a dream opportunity but i knew it would take a long time like i would have been again part-time making 10 bucks an hour xrt, XRT. offered you then extension how long was the extension it was just indefinitely i guess like it wasn't there wasn't an end date but it was like do you want to stay on the rest of the year okay when you, when you say an indefinite extension it sounds like a job offer <laughs> But it was still part-time. Okay. It was still like hourly, you know, I mean, yeah. which was fine. I mean, yeah. for me, I mean, I like that kind of lifestyle. I mean, I was like, have weekdays off basically, but I'd be working on the weekends. I remember this really clearly. I was at uh, a Mumford & Sons show. I had given my manager and her director, I told her that I wasn't going to take the extension and I was going to go and live in China. And this this was crazy. Like I would say back then, like it was a long time ago, but it was like four years ago. Right. But nobody was doing, nobody had done that. None of my group of friends, Allison thought I was crazy. My parents thought I was crazy. Were you and Allison dating at the time? We were dating. Yeah. And everyone was kind of like, what, who does this? Right. At least from my, the people that I knew, like I just didn't, it wasn't a thing yet. Looking back on it now, that's something that people do after like two years of a job, right? They just go crazy and then they run away to Asia. But I ran away right away. <laughs> so this was my last event working and it was at a Mumford & Sons show at the Chicago Theater. The director of marketing at XRT, I had gotten kind of close with her husband. He came over to me and I said like, I don't know, did I make the right decision? Like kind of not doubting, but not regretting, but maybe questioning a little bit and these words kind of always ring true. He's like, you will never regret this decision for the rest of your life, whether it's the worst experience over there or the best. Like, I don't know. It's just, it just really resonated with me. And I just felt like I had blessing to go. Right. So I went and I taught English there and I got to travel around and I got to get out of that Illinois bubble and live by myself in China and figure out some shit about myself just grow up a little bit i think and get back to that eighth grade coolness factor what 
was the biggest takeaway during that time? I think it was just being thrown into an environment that I wasn't used to, which I have liked, you know, it goes back to kind of like that Guatemala thing, like seeing something through someone else's eyes. I wanted to go somewhere that was going to be totally backwards. I didn't want to go to Europe. I've re- I read about Europe. I've seen Europe in movies. I mean, now China was a place that to me would be like getting flipped on your head. And that's what I wanted. Was it hard or isolating? Because it was probably a lot of time on your own because you didn't speak Chinese. Yeah, so I learned had to learn Chinese really quick. I mean, it wasn't good, but I mean, like I could order food. I could have a shitty conversation with the taxi driver. But I think it was good, yeah, being by myself for that long. That's why I'm like really a firm believer that you should go and travel by yourself at least once because you figure so much shit out about yourself. Was this, in a way, your rite of passage? I think so, 100%. Like, none of nothing that I have today would have happened if I didn't move to China. Do you think that having had that experience and that rite of passage helped you to come back and feel ready for the next stage? So I think th- there's, two, um, there's two parts to this. And I think in China, it kind of got me on the path where I was starting to figure some stuff out about myself, who the person that I wanted to be, basically, right? It was not even close. I was there for six months, right? So it's not a long time. It seemed like a long time. And I came back to Chicago and was with Allison, and she had been working in Chicago at this finance job, and she was ready. She was losing it, right? Everyone was already lo- Everyone was starting to lose it. <laughs> and they wanted, and she wanted to go. I remember, like, when we were seniors, we talked about going to South America quite a bit. So I worked in Chicago. I worked at the same title company. That was kind of just my go-to. It was there. Uh, they always could use the help. And I worked there for three months, saved up some money. And Allison and I went to South America together. Where in South America? To Lima, Peru. How'd you choose Lima? So we were looking for a long time. We knew we wanted to go. And we knew we were flexible, like we knew we were going to find jobs teaching English or whatever when we got there. But we wanted at least, we couldn't find those over, it wasn't as easy as finding a job as it was in China. Like we weren't getting those over Skype or anything like that. What we ended up doing was looking um, kind of at this Volunteer South America website. And we were trying to find at least a place where we could go. We'll volunteer for a little bit, just get our feet on the ground. And that just happened to be at an orphanage in the mountains of Lima, Peru. And you guys stayed together the whole time while you were in China as well? Yeah, we stayed together. You were just Skype? Uh, yeah, we just Skyped. I think it was I think it was great though, because I think we each were able to figure out some stuff on our own, right? Like whatever it was, I think it just it was stronger to come back to. What was the takeaway, not necessarily on a personal level, but mm. on, a, on a world level mm. of seeing this a very different culture yeah. and then coming back home? So I remember it being so weird. And I remember my friends in China saying it's going to be weird. 
Because I think it takes a certain kind of person to go to China. I remember coming back and especially coming to Chicago, which was everything that I wanted to be away from. It was like Lincoln Park bars and restaurants, like life revolved around bars and restaurants. That's what I left because of, right? And I went back and it really was, I remember Ellison and I went to a restaurant and I had like a kind of a freak out in this restaurant because I was one of 50 white people for the first time in seven months instead of being the only white person and the only one speaking English. So it was just an uncomfortableness that wasn't what I was looking for. Then you go to Lima, Peru. Yes. Together. Together. We live in this orphanage. We're sleeping in a dorm room. I'm sleeping in a dorm room with 30 boys uh, in bunk beds with, with the tutora. And uh, Allison is sleeping with the, uh, like in a dorm room with all these little girls. And we, this decision, this gut kind of instinct to go there, we met one of my best friends in the whole world. And I've only, I've known him the shortest out of a lot of people in my life. Both of us. What, what do you think that is that can make that happen? So I think, you know, you uh, grow up with a lot of people and you love them um, because you grew up with them. And it's beyond like similar interests, similar perspectives, similar values. But I think, you know, what I found while traveling is I've just found so many people had a similar mindset as me. And I remember it's the first day we were at the orphanage. They didn't speak any English at this orphanage, only Spanish. And we met this guy, Florian. And we were talking and within, like what you said, within this first conversation, first five minutes, the intro had depth. It wasn't, I'm Shane Callahan from Oakland. It's like, why are you here? What brings you here? Because that's a question that you get a lot. And ironically enough, by the end of traveling, you're fucking sick of that question because that becomes generic small talk with some people. How did you answer that? <clears throat> the same story I just told, I think. And he had a story too. And when you have a story, I mean, I connect. And this was Allison's, you know, this, she hadn't been to China. But she had just come from the 9 to 5. Like, she knew why she was there. And it just worked out really well. Like, Flo his name uh, was Florian. And then he was going to get his girlfriend, like, the following day. And his girlfriend is from Paris. Um, or from Nantes in, in uh, France. And she came and those two were a very significant part of our journey in South America. So even though we were only in this orphanage for a month, we moved to Lima. I was working at a surf school, uh, was working at a, like an art gallery with Florian a little bit. And then Allison and I were both teaching English and we were kind of just floating by. But I remember it being really hard. Like we signed the lease for six months and after five, we were ready to go because we had no money. We had, I mean, we would teach for two hours a day, but it would take us three hours to commute. Like we we're taking these buses all over Lima, um, eating mac and cheese for dinner. Like we did, we had no money. Like we paid our rent with um, what we were making. And it was just hard. I mean, we couldn't do the things we wanted to do. And we lived in this amazing place. Like I got to go surf, but I also like, I could only spend a dollar on lunch. Like we could get maybe a beer on Friday, one beer if we wanted. Do you think it was good to go through that? Yeah, it's amazing. 
the, just the easy things that we take that we just are just we get them every day. So you guys were saying that you were poor in Lima. Yeah. Like were there other people oh, who were right, like, poor, of course. Poor? Yeah. Like yeah. what was that? You just I had to mean, live a very simple simple like basic yeah. needs. Right. Especially coming from China because you're making so much money as a teacher. So it was a it was a very different experience in a foreign country. One exactly. you had a lot of money yeah, disposable to, to having income. Very little. To having almost none. Yeah. So we were living there. We got very tired of it. And then, you know, we started planning our exit from Lima. And Florian and Marie, they had stayed with us a little bit, but then they had gone and they moved to La Paz in Bolivia. During, during this whole time, yeah. was, was music still a thing for you? It's always been a thing. I think it's always in the background. It's always getting me through these things. Like each one of these experiences, they have, there's like an album or a song that is incredibly significant to each part of it. What, what was the album in Lima? It was Wild Beast Present Tense. It just, I don't know, it was just there. I mean, and I would listen to it on the bus every single day, like an hour commute, and I would just kind of have that on repeat. And now it's crazy listening to that album these days, because I, I feel like I'm sitting back on a bus in Lima, looking out the window. Wondering why? Not wondering anything. Just being aware of that, of that moment. I think that was kind of what was cool, you know, like, I found myself a lot, whether it was in China or, or Lima, you know, pull yourself out and be like, I'm on a bus in Lima, Peru right now, jam-packed. And that's it. That's, that's where I'm at right now. So the route, we knew we wanted to go south. So we went to La Paz and we met them and then they also were trying to go south. We had our kind of flights home around the same time from Buenos Aires. So we knew that was the end, end stop. And that was four months away. <laughs> so we basically just traveled south. We made our way south. We went through Bolivia, through the salt flats of Bolivia and we went to Chile, we crossed Chile and Argentina border we rented a car and drove to the end of the world and we hitchhiked and we, we, we slept in the car. We, we just made our way down, all four of us together. And then we ended up, we got a place in, in Buenos Aires for a month, all four of us together. And it was just, I say I started figuring out a lot about myself in China, but I would say I found myself in South America. Everything was challenging. Everything was like, you have your own opinion, but this is like, and you're from another country. It was, everything was just like, we were drinking cheap wine and we were having amazing conversations. We would play cards till midnight and just talk. And 
I mean, obviously at this point, this was coming out of our savings, but we were able to to do that. I mean, that's the trip of a lifetime. I'll never be able to replicate or do that again in the foreseeable future. Also doing it at that time seems like the perfect work. Yeah, it was, I was just really starting to become me. <laughs> but this there's, this, there's this thing in the back of my head this whole time, basically saying I'm ready to go home. Not to Chicago, but I'm ready to go back to the U.S. And I'm ready to to get a job, right? Teaching English was a great means for a little while to travel, but then I was starting to go crazy like I wasn't growing. I was growing in a sense like I was traveling and I was seeing all these things. But I knew I wanted to challenge myself job-wise. I wanted to learn. So I talked to my great friend who I went to high school with and who was living in San Francisco. He was also in China when I was in China, but he went straight back to San Francisco. And I was talking to him and everything was pointing towards Northern California for me. So I was in Buenos Aires and I was applying for these jobs and I didn't have any real experience. I worked social media marketing for a surf school in Lima, Peru in exchange for surf lessons, basically. And I applied to all these places and one company got back to me I remember the one thing they said on the Skype interview, it was, we know you're capable of doing this job. You're educated, but what we're looking for is the right person, the right values. And I think that was clicked. You know, I was like, this is amazing. This has been my confliction with jobs. Like everyone is kind of pretentious. Like you can go in and be trained, right? You're relatively intelligent. Like you can learn as you're going. And basically I just needed someone to give me a chance. And this company did. And I flew in, I changed my flight from Chicago and I flew into San Francisco, drove down to Santa Cruz, California, got myself a bunch of tacos, had the interview, went back to Chicago, booked my flight back out to San Francisco, didn't know if I got this job. And then sure enough, just as XRT came in two days before graduation, this job came in two days before I left. So I came out here and I found a car and I found an apartment and I moved down to Santa Cruz and started my California journey. Where was Allison? So Allison uh, was stayed in Buenos Aires a couple weeks longer than me. Um, and then she went back to Chicago and she lived there for the summer and then came out in August. And I moved out here in late May. You know, I wanted everything to be ready when she came out. You know, we got to live in Santa Cruz and it was, again, amazing. How long was the period of time between leaving college mm -hmm. and, and then arriving in California? Two and a half years. So zero job for two and a half years. No, no professional job for two and a half years. Do you feel like you, out that period of time, would you have been able to become who you wanted to be? Absolutely not. And I think that comes off. I mean, I remember when I went, just compared to that young college kid applying at Enterprise, to me going into same entry level job two and a half years later. Not at Enterprise. Not at Enterprise. And I just felt comfortable with me. These are my values. This is like the type of person that I am. This is what I'm gonna bring to the table. Feeling so comfortable putting it out there and completely honest. Be like, I don't know so much about this, but I know I can learn this. And it worked. And my job was amazing. My best friends from California, I got to work with them. I met them in Santa Cruz. So every day going to work was fun. What made you leave that then? 
I think it was a couple things. I, I mean, that whole company kind of became my family um, and it was fun for a long time. But I think, you know, Allison was doing the commute to San Jose. She didn't have as nice of a commute as myself. We both started applying to jobs in the Bay Area. She basically was getting hit up by all these same companies doing finance. And, and finally, she just told one recruiter, I'm looking to get into nonprofits or something like that. And he said, oh, well, actually, I have a bank that is a community bank in Oakland that is looking for an analyst, but you're going to be working with all these small businesses, not huge tech startups. And that was kind of like, and then two days later, I got a message from Sungevity in Oakland. And two weeks later, after a couple interviews, within a couple days of each other, we had gotten our offers. We had looked at an apartment. And then that following Sunday, we said, we're going up to Oakland. It's interesting what you say about Allison having done all these jobs, feeling like she had to, yeah. but didn't really like them. And then finally she says, this is what I really want. You just got to ask. You got to be honest. That's, that's what it is. Lay it all out on the table. And things are great. It's Oakland. There's a lot going on. And, and how long have you been here now? Three and a half months. It's pretty recent. Recent. It's still, it's still new. It's fresh. You haven't been here for long. What is the anthem or album mm, of, right of your Oakland time? Probably the Ala Laws. And not only because I'm listening to a lot of them, but that was one of the first things I did in Oakland. I went to go see this band at... Uh, upstairs loft and it was one of the coolest shows i've ever seen in my life at that show was it one of those moments like on the bus saying i'm in an upstairs loft show yeah yeah and i think you know it gets it gets easy to kind of forget those moments and sometimes you just got to pull yourself out just finding these moments and actually like being aware that you're in it you know like two days ago i was riding my bike to work and i was like holy shit, I'm riding my bike to work in Oakland. And those moments, they're few and far between, but I can remember them. There's very few things that are so, I can almost smell them. I can hear all the, the sounds going on. Like it's so vivid. It's pretty powerful. Do you ever have too the realization that a past me wanted to be here and yeah. I never saw myself making progress and then I just find myself there? For me, it was like, I always knew I wanted to be where I am today. I didn't know how I was going to get there. But whatever path I'm on, I've been lucky enough to kind of make some gut decisions that have got me to a place I'm happy and I wouldn't change a single thing. Along that very circuitous route, it sounds like it didn't feel incremental. And then at those moments, it's punctuated. You say, wow, yeah. this is where I had wanted to be. Yeah. For a while, I think until I came out to California. After college, for a while, it was like, I know I'm on the right path. Since I've come out here, it's where I'm supposed to be right now. If you had a piece of advice or something that you've learned along the way that you would share either to your past mm. self or just someone younger along their route, what, what would it be? You, I feel like you're going to you get presented a lot of situations. Or maybe you don't, but it's presenting yourself situations like creating paths for yourself the short answer would be you can always change your situation it sounded like part of what you're saying was also that no one will provide you with the right path right it's not gonna i mean you think that there's it's always gonna be easy 
like you see these movies and you read books, but like it's hard and it's never easy. It's number one, it's difficult to create your own path. And number two, even if you are presented with the path, whether to take one or the other. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Of course they did. <laughs> they always do. So I think it's, I mean, for me, what it's always been is take the one that has the most unknowns. And I took the one less traveled and that. Yeah, but that is just. Has made all the difference. Yeah, I guess it has. As a cliche as it is. <laughs> It's always a wonderful realization, though, when you... Oh, I know. When you My, read, Yeah. When there's something that is maybe treated as wisdom or something very profound, but then yeah. it's different to experience it like you have. Yeah. Some Instagram profile with something that has a lot of meaning to you, but it's just like someone's <laughs> about me on their Instagram profile. There's, ir- there's irony in it, in a sense. Again, it's funny the way things work out. Yeah. This leads us to the very fitting question of if you had to title your autobiography, what would the title be? Go with your gut. Whatever that tells you, whether it's the safe route, whatever it is, your gut's gonna your gut's gonna get you where you're you are supposed to be. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I think that you have a lot to be proud of not only as your eighth grade self but who you are today thank you thank you for listening to this week's episode of is now a good time i've been talking with shane callahan from oakland california